Hello, Health Investor. Welcome to another episode of the Health Investment Podcast. Today, you're going to hear from Tony Marinucci. Tony is a registered dietitian and owner of Diet Tips with Tony, who ironically teaches people how not to diet. Her team of dietitians provide online nutrition coaching to help women break free from the all or nothing mindset and encourage them to embrace balance instead. Her mission is to end restrictive diet culture by providing simple tips for healthy living while incorporating foods you love. In the episode, Tony discusses the parallels between dieting and dating, three introspective questions to ask when you're ready to break out of the dieting cycle for good, what to do when you lose motivation on your nutrition, weight loss, or health journey, and more. But before we get to the episode, I want to share one of my favorite resources with you, thrivemarket.com. I don't know about you, but I used to think eating healthy meant I had to spend a lot of time and money at the grocery store until I discovered Thrive Market. Thrive is an online grocery shopping platform that's essentially a mix of Costco, Whole Foods, and Amazon. Since Thrive delivers groceries directly to your door, they're able to cut out all middle people and heavily discount their inventory. When I buy groceries on Thrive versus going to my local supermarket, I save at least $20 per order, and I'm able to fill up my cart from the comfort of my couch. To read my full Thrive Market review, steal my shopping list of over 150 items, and save additional money on your first order, Visit thehealthinvestment.com slash Thrive Market, or just click through the link in the show notes. All right, it's time to hear from Tony. Enjoy. I'm Brooke Simonson, certified nutrition coach and your host of the Health Investment Podcast. If you're ready to look and feel your best without any confusion, frustration, or stress, you're in the right place. Each week, I interview experts and share no-nonsense, research-backed tips so that you can finally lose weight for good, eat healthy long-term, have the high energy you crave, and feel like a million bucks. I'm so happy you're here with me today. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Hi, Tony. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Health Investment Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. We were just chatting about how we're jealous of each other's coasts. I'm I'm in California. You would live here. You're in New York. I still want to live there. It's like... (laughs) We could just they do a house the, swap. The grass is always greener. Ooh, that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> you also have a lot of snow right now, right? For the first time. It, uh, we just had, we just had it. It, it's, it wasn't too bad. Um, it wasn't. Okay. But yeah, but there, yeah, there was snow. I mean, we've had a pretty mild winter. So it's like, but I always say that in now it's like March and March is always like, it's your, it's supposed to be spring, but really it's when it snows the most. So exactly. I'm sure it's coming. <laughs> I know. I think it was the first or second year I lived in New York city that somebody was coming to visit. It was my parents or a friend or something in March. And we had had a lot of snow in December, January, February. And I thought it was just smooth sailing. And then the flight was all messed up. And I was like, wait, mm-hmm. what is happening? It is March. Mm-hmm. Why is the mm-hmm. snow the worst it's the in worst. March? Yeah, yeah, it's literally the worst. They should change the seasons. <laughs> I know. 
So you haven't had much snow, and now it's just going to be who knows. All of we'll March see. is going to be a mild day, but well, yeah, you never know. It could you be. Never know. I mean, I feel like California is similar weather too. Like one day it's sunny, and the next day it's raining or cold. I mean, depending on where you're at. I know yeah. there's different parts of California that are for sure. Different. It's I'm in Northern California. A lot of days it's 65 to 70 and sunny, so we can't complain. Oh yeah, this is exactly why I want to live there. Yeah. <laughs> so I know. jealous. You're not allowed to complain about the weather if you live in California. That's for no, sure. You're not allowed to not. <laughs> ever. I, the not. other day I was on a call with a client and it was raining and I was freezing and had the heat on and they were calling from Minnesota or something. They were like <laughs> Please. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's raining yeah. there. I'm Check so yourself. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'd love if you could start out by telling us a bit about your background and specifically what led you to become a registered dietitian. Yeah. So I'm Tony, like Brooke said, and I am a registered dietitian. However, I teach people how not to diet. And how I got into it is because I grew up overweight and very insecure about my body. I allowed it to affect literally everything, uh, my choices in in men, um, my confidence, my um, energy, everything. I put all of my efforts into trying to lose weight because I thought that would somehow make me happier and more accepted of of love in the world more and more accepting. And unfortunately, it just kept me stuck in a really terrible cycle. Um, I would go through very extreme ways to try to lose the weight, excessive exercise, under chronic under eating. Uh, it just became like a giant food obsession, if I'm being honest. My weight was completely like, it took up all of my headspace, all of my time, all of my effort, all of my energy. And it was really pulling from my quality of life and it was pulling from my mental health and happiness. So I learned, like, I I basically learned really early on that restriction wasn't the answer. It's actually part of the problem. And I really wanted to learn how I could take care of my body and appreciate my body and love my body without having to necessarily take things out or restrict um, and be miserable. I, I wanted to find a way to be both happy and healthy. And so I went to school to become a registered dietitian because <laughs> I wanted to learn how. Um, and I wish I could say that, you know, going to school is what made everything different. Um, but really in the beginning, it just made me more obsessed with food. <laughs> But finally, after years of healing and recovering and, you know, changing the way that I looked at food, I, I say this a lot in my TED Talk. I say this in my TED Talk, my books. Anytime you hear me talk on a podcast, I'm usually telling people, you know, it was when I stopped focusing on how food would make me look and instead focusing on how food made me feel. And that's when I found balance in my eating habits. So that's who I am and why I do what I do. And I'm excited to talk a little bit more about the details of that today. Yeah, I can't wait to dive into that. I think it's also a really good point. You just said the word years, that it took years. Because I work with clients, I'm sure you do as well. And Mm -hmm. everybody wants this instant gratification. And they're in this headspace right now. And they're trying to feel healthier and have more energy. And they have weight they want to release. They don't feel comfortable in their body. But it doesn't happen overnight, right? This, This unwinding... 10, 20, 30 years of this dieting mentality. It can't happen in two days or two months, maybe even two years. It takes time and commitment. And so Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll get into that. Uh, I also, you would know better than I would, but I've spoken with many registered dietitians on the podcast and so many of them 
have a past like yours. Did you find in school that a lot of people were pursuing that oh, yeah. path because of their own personal yeah, experience? Yeah, it's, it's actually not. It's really, I don't know what the percentage is. I have to go. I mean, I really, I don't want to say a wrong statistic, so I'm not. But, um, but when I was in school, um, and it's probably gotten worse, I would imagine. So I was, the last time I was in college was like, what, 12 years ago or so. Um, and I remember like the statistics back then where it was like most people who were studying to be registered dietitians struggled with an eating disorder themselves. Like, and it, it also, I mean, men struggle with body image and eating disorders as well. Um, however, it's a predominantly women-based field and a lot of women struggle with that. So I don't know if it's like because they're women or if it's just because, you know, they're, you know, pursuing, they struggled and that's why they want to go. I remember going to my guidance counselor in like junior year in, in my high school and being like, I want to go help people who struggle with eating disorders because I tried, I'm trying to figure this out and I don't know what to do. And my guidance counselor was like, all right. And that became the path that I chose <laughs> literally verbatim. Like I, this is exactly what I said out loud and um, definitely not alone in that. Yeah. I had one registered dietitian on recently who said, well, to be honest, the reason I became a dietitian is because I wanted to get skinny. <laughs> I thought going to school I, for I, this. Well, yeah, I literally, yeah. like, it, that's what I did in my TED Talk. That's exactly what I say. I wanted to learn how to lose weight and how to get a boyfriend because I thought that the reason why no boys ever liked me back or, you know, my crush never liked me back or I was always like, you know, the friend, never the girlfriend. I always blame my weight for that. And so you know, everyone tells you that like, as a woman, your pursuit of happiness is included to finding a partner and being in a, you know, the quote unquote, perfect body. And so I decided to go to school to become a registered dietitian because I wanted to lose weight and find my boyfriend hmm. and find my forever partner. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You talk about three introspective questions that people can ask if they want to break bad habits. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Like, the introspective work. Yeah. So it's more to like break, break bad habits, but break like the diet cycle, I would okay. say, because I think so many people really struggle with that all or nothing mentality. Um, they're either on a diet or off a diet or like cutting things out or not, blah, blah, blah. And basically, um, because of like what I started to notice the parallels between dieting, dating and romantic relationships, because I noticed I was doing that, like, not only was I, you know, restricting my intake and like going, you know, all in on this diet, but then I would be like, completely obsessed and enamored with like, this crush or the love of my life. And I would like completely neglect all the red flags. I would completely like, it didn't matter that they weren't treating me well. It was more so because like, I so desperately wanted to, you know, be in a relationship. Right. And so that would happen with dieting. It's like so many women are stuck in this idea that they want to lose the weight so badly. They don't care that they have to give up their favorite foods and never go out and, you know, basically eat out of Tupperware container and never leave their house. At least that's what they tell themselves. But we know that that's not re realistic or sustainable. So the questions that I came up with are really to help you break the diet cycle, but they can also help you if you're in the dating world or in a relationship that you're really not proud of or happy about um, to kind of really reframe some things. So the first question you should ask yourself, it's kind of like before you even start something. So if you're not in a relationship and you're thinking about dating um, or, you know, you go on a date or you try a new diet and, you know, it, you know, it feels like you know, it's working. I think you need to really ask yourself, like, the first question is, will this last past the honeymoon phase? 
because everything is exciting in the beginning. Everything mm. works in the beginning, right? And they're hun- but the honeymoon fades, the honeymoon phase fades. And I think it's just important to ask yourself, like, can I see myself following this for more than six months? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, if the answer is no, it's probably not, you know, worth your time, effort, and energy. Um, the second question is like kind of when you're in something. So past that honeymoon phase, uh, maybe, or yeah, in a, in a relationship or trying a new diet or, or even a habit, whatever it is. And the question is like, do I even like this? Like it may, is it giving you the results? Yes or no. It doesn't matter. Like, do you even like it? Like, for example, with exercise, like there's probably exercise that give great results, but maybe you literally hate it. And it feels like it's like you're, it's like the worst thing you like, for example, for me, I mean, swimming and biking, not a friend, not friends. I just like, I don't, I can't do it. I don't have not, there's like zero motivation for it. But if you tell me to like lift weights or go for a nice jog or walk or run or yoga, I like that stuff. And so you can do things like your nutrition, the food that you eat, you can enjoy it. It can be healthy and enjoyable. Your workouts can be good for your body and you can actually enjoy them. So the question is, is do I even like this? So you're not stuck in something that feels like you have to like, consistently depend on motivation in order to do it because motivation as we know comes and goes and it's just not a reliable thing to kind of help us move through so that's the other question and then the last question is kind of like after when something maybe didn't work out um maybe you're feeling a little disappointed maybe you're burnt out maybe um you know it wasn't working or maybe it worked but you were miserable you know, for example, like the, maybe the weight came off, but you, it required you to like cut out everything that you actually absolutely love. Um, maybe you had no energy or whatever it is. The, the last question is really important because that's going to help you for future, which is what lessons did I learn from this? Mm-hmm. And being able to kind of know that like, okay, I actually, I use the example of like the ketogenic diet a lot. Um, it's very extreme in the fact that it's very, very low carb, not sustainable, and usually not necessary or needed for most people. Um, however, what you probably have learned is like when you're, you don't have to go completely no carb or low carb to maybe learn that maybe I should limit some of the added sugars, or maybe I should limit, you know, maybe, um, you know, um, having dessert every single night, like, you know, it just helps you to be more mindful of that. And so maybe from that, you learn that it's not the carbs that are the enemy, but maybe it's just that I have to be mindful of the types of carbohydrates, because I notice that if I don't have any of them, my cravings are higher and I tend to binge more, or I tend to feel deprived or my energy is low. But then when I have too much, I feel completely bloated and I, I, it's hard for me to get results. So it's like, how can I incorporate carbohydrates in a balanced way? Because our body needs them without going to the extreme. So mm-hmm. it's those are like one that's like one example of how you can utilize that question. So um yeah, so those are the three questions. <laughs> I love that. I think that third one, all of them are great, but the third one really resonates with me because I had a period when I was also trying to lose weight and keep it off in my 20s, trying all the things. And then I found keto and it really worked and that it helped me lose weight as most diets do, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they work mm-hmm. and I'm using work in quotes. Yeah, they're marks. in quotes, correct. Yeah, <laughs> it, for a short time. But then it sucked when I would, you know, I lived in New York City. And so feeling like I couldn't have New York pizza, that was terrible. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. so many of de- the delicious foods out there are higher in carbs than keto will allow. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize, I guess, that I was doing that. But I did ask myself kind of what 
has worked from this? And my answer was, this was the first time I'd ever really prioritized protein and thought about protein at every meal. Mm. And then I was seeing people post how important protein was and then how you can also have carbs. And if you're eating protein, you're feeling more full. And if you're eating high fiber carbs. And so I just started realizing I could keep a part of this correct, and that could really serve me, but I don't need to keep all of it. Mm -hmm. And I really, I, I really respect that question. And I think when women, some men, but mostly women come to me, I'm sure the same with you. They just really beat themselves up and feel so kind of ashamed of their past of dieting and like, what a waste of time, but I haven't figured Mm -hmm. it out yet. And if you can take this more positive spin of, but what has worked? What have you discovered through all of it that Mm -hmm. has worked? So I was talking to a woman yesterday. I keep hearing about, I'm sure you've heard about it, this faster way to fat loss program. Have you heard of that one? Uh, No. It's, (laughs) It's very strange. It's three or four people have mentioned it to me in the past week. So it's on the top of my mind. Just yeah, very I'm strange. Sure hear about it soon. <laughs> I'm sure now I'm putting it into the universe. Now you'll hear about it. But mm-hmm. the way it's written, I think it's all caps F-A-S-T and then lowercase E-R. So it's faster, like mm-hmm. fasting is a component. Got so it. it's faster way to fail phallus. They do carb cycling. And I mean, there's yeah. all these different things. Uh, but she did this program. She wasn't successful at it long-term because it required too much, but she kept talking about how they had her doing strength training and she'd never done it. And she was lighting up about these workouts Mm -hmm. and she Mm -hmm. loved the workout Mm -hmm. component of it. Mm -hmm. And I said, how cool is that? Right. You learned, you did these strength training workouts for the first time and you learned that you love that. And she was like, Oh yeah, that's actually a good point. I did learn that. And so if we could take these past experiences and not just think, well, that was a wash. That was a waste of my time. Shame on me again for failing at something else. I think that third question is so critical. Absolutely. Nothing is a waste of your time as long as it taught you something. Yes. And exactly. you can take and and my whole so my my TED talk, my book, the whole parallels between dieting, dating, and romantic relationships, it all is from uh, my book, Once Upon a Diet. And my TED talk is called Once Upon a Diet. And like the whole concept of Once Upon a Diet is like this idea that actually you can create your own diet, right? Like you can find, it's like the the once upon a diet method is basically you being able to like not, like let's let's be introspective. Let's be observant. Let's, let's take responsibility for our past, but not blame ourselves for our past. For example, like you probably have followed what seems like a different diet, but if we're really honest, they're basically the same diet, just in a different book. Right. So like for me, I dated five versions of the same guy, just with a different name and a different face. Like I had to get honest with myself and really be like, these guys aren't working. They're not good fits for me because number one, I'm not seeing my value. Number two, I'm settling for less than I deserve. Um, number three, like I'm not asking, I'm not asking the right questions. Like I'm not thinking of the future. I'm just thinking of the the short term, right? So like there was a part in the time of my journey, I had to take responsibility for the people that I was choosing. And so there is a part in our life where we have to take responsibility of like, why is it that we keep going to the diet? Why are we trying Weight Watchers a 10th time? 
if we know it didn't work? Like, why is it? So that part, it's not your fault that it didn't work because those programs are not designed for sustainability and long-term success. Um, but at the same time, we have to take responsibility from that. And the responsibility that we take from that is paying it to, and being honest with ourselves of what worked well and what didn't. And we can throw out what didn't work and keep what did. And so for that's a great example of what you just shared with your client. Like she can continue to do strength training. She doesn't need all that other garbage, but yeah. she can do strength training because she knows it makes her feel good. That's awesome. And that is habit-based. And when you focus on your habits rather than temporary changes, that's how you're going to get long-term results. And when you're talking about dating, I mean, I think everybody has this light bulb moment at some point when you find the person you're going to be with of the more you learn from past relationships and let them inform your future choices of who to date, that's when you start being successful. And so Mm -hmm. when you realize, okay, I didn't like X, Y, and Z about this person, but I really liked these qualities. And so I hope to find that in somebody and you just, you know, with practice and experience, you start to kind of fine tune who's going to work for you. And I really love that perspective of, Again, it's just, it's not helpful, the shaming or the blaming, or I can't figure it out. Everybody else has figured it out. Nobody else, nobody wants to be in that headspace. And so if you can just think, okay, just like my dating life, a lot of guys, there's a lot of exes out there, women, Mm -hmm. right? There's a lot Mm -hmm. of exes. Mm -hmm. They didn't work for a reason, but I learned something. I don't regret that relationship. I'm just going to learn from it and move on. Correct. Same. And that's life. Yeah, right. That's life. Yeah. You mentioned also that when you switch to thinking how foods help you feel rather than are they going to make you thin, for example, everything changed. Can you talk Mm -hmm. more about that mental shift? Yeah. I mean, it's a powerful one. So basically in order for you, it's ironic, right? Because I feel like we go into this trying to lose weight, right? Um, and so you would think that focusing in all of our effort and energy of changing our body is what's going to make it change. And the reality is, is that in order for you to actually have sustainable change, you first have to accept where your body is at. And you also need to detach this idea that your weight and your worth are tied together. And if we're being really honest about wanting to change the way that we look, It's completely aesthetic and it completely comes from our ego and it completely comes from outside influences and it comes from this idea of wanting to be accepted or belonging. Because if we're being completely honest, right, if we remove that about living in a society that makes us feel like we need to look a certain way and we look at what actually makes us healthy, what makes us healthy are our habits, regardless of what we look like, even though doctors will tell you differently, even though they use things like BMI as a parameter for your health, that is a lie. True health comes from your habits. And then you may or may not fall into a quote unquote, what like a healthy body or what society considers as a, um, a thin body or whatever. Our bodies are all different shapes and different sizes. And it's not that you can't pursue weight loss. However, if you don't have that solid foundation of understanding that it's not about looking a certain way and it's more for just for you to be able to be healthy and happy and to live in this world and be able to do things in your life that that literally have nothing to do with your weight because that's not why we're, we're not put on this earth to lose weight. Yeah. <laughs> like 
it's that should not be like your biggest aspiration, mm-hmm. right? Your biggest aspiration, I would hope, is a way to give back to society, to serve as a parent, to serve as a teacher, to start a nonprofit, to open your own business. I don't know, like whatever it is that you're put on this earth to do, it wasn't to put all of your effort and energy in trying to fit into a size 10 or four or two or six or whatever number you've come up with in your head, right? So it really is just a stepping stool for you to, once you can love your body and appreciate your body, and learn to care for it because you're only you only get one without trying to you know adjust it, change it, shift it, and focus solely on that only being the way that you're going to be health, successful. That's when you can actually start to focus on okay. If I'm being honest, if I want to take care of my body and I want to be have energy and I want to feel better, is it really a number on a scale that makes this happen, or is it how I care for myself? Mm-hmm. And when you can come from it from that angle that's when everything shifts and everything changes. Because then ironically, what happens is as you start to develop healthy habits and you focus on getting more sleep and drinking more water, eating more balanced meals and moving your body because it feels good and focusing on once again, that feeling good, your body tends to fall into a place that it's meant to and that you feel good and you stop chasing this number and you stop chasing this ideology. And instead, you come from this place of acceptance. And that's truly how you can find both health and happiness. Mm -hmm. That's how it happens. But But unfortunately, people are so stuck on just like the number and the chase and the number and the chase. And it's pulling from their energy and it's pulling from their quality of life. And if we can flip it on its head and let's focus on your quality of life first and let's focus on caring for your body in balanced ways, well, then, you know, your body probably will change. Um, but it's a different focus and it's a different amount of energy that gets wasted. Like it doesn't it's a just a much more fulfilling way, I think, to go about it. Hey there, health investor. I hope you're enjoying the episode. Just popping in here for a quick minute to share an exciting opportunity with you. Outside of hosting this podcast, I work as a nutrition coach specializing in sustainable weight loss. If you've been struggling to lose weight and actually keep it off, I'd love to connect with you in my group or one-on-one coaching program. Unlike restrictive, hard-to-follow diets that only provide short-term results, I help you adopt science-backed habits and an everything-in-moderation mindset so that you can lose weight permanently feel completely in control of your cravings, have steady energy throughout the day, and stick with healthy habits long-term. To learn more about my coaching programs and apply to work with me, visit thehealthinvestment.com or follow me on Instagram at thehealthinvestment. Now, back to the episode. I had another guest on who was talking about very similar topics and she said, you know, if you're focusing on the weight loss, the weight loss, the weight loss and hyper fixating on that, you're not going to see significant change in a couple days or a couple weeks. You know, it's going to take time, but you mm-hmm. can see significant change in how you feel even mm-hmm. just in a day. And yeah. so it's this short term reward you can get of, you know, if I have a vegetable with this meal that I, you know, at lunch, let's say I don't usually have a vegetable. And then later that day, it's like, wow, I feel more full and satisfied. I'm less snacky. I have more energy. You can feel better immediately. And so pursuing and focusing on the weight loss, which is going to take a while, you know, if we're looking for immediate gratification, 
focusing on how you feel is the best way to get immediate results because you can feel better yeah. in a very short-term amount of time. Yeah, definitely. And and here's the other thing too, I will say to that, I think a lot of people are accustomed to not feeling well, mm-hmm. that they forget. They don't realize that like being constipated is is not normal. Like they don't realize that like having a feeling bloated all the time, it's like not normal. Like once you can actually start to like feel and like having like very low energy, like that's not normal. Like once you start having energy for your day, folk, like more, you know, you're more focused at work. Um, you're going to the bathroom regularly without having any issues, right? You're, you're not bloated all the time. Like these are things that can happen like within a couple of weeks mm-hmm. of you just changing your mindset and changing how you take care of your body and yourself. And that I think to me is so much more valuable than what I look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think about this all the time. I think that's also something important that I constantly emphasize to clients is like, I'm doing the same work right day in, day out. It's not that mm-hmm. you speaking of relationships, it's not like you just hit a point in a marriage when you're like, Whoa, wow, we did it. We made it. Everything's perfect. It's smooth sailing from here on out. We never have to think about it. It's something you work at and it does become more habitual and easier as time goes on. But even yesterday, my husband has a new job. They have snacks at his office. And so they have these little mini bags of Welch's fruit snacks and Cheez-Its. And I love both of those. And so he'll bring me home little, you know, like, oh, I didn't eat the Cheez-Its today. Do you want these or whatever? These are in my Mm. bag. And so yesterday I found cheese, this little bag of Cheez-Its in our pantry. And I was hungry for a snack and I looked at those and I just thought, I really want those, but like, that's not going to make me feel good later today. If I just have the Cheez-Its, but I really Mm -hmm. want the Cheez-Its. So I thought, okay, you know, I'm going to have the Cheez-Its and I'm also going to have an apple and that is just going to help me feel better. And so Mm -hmm. it's constant. It doesn't ever end. Like this is something I do all day long of how can Mm -hmm. I balance this out so I feel better. What are some of your tips? I know you're very much into the balancing kind of your plate or your snacks. Mm-hmm. What are some tips you have for creating balance so that you do feel better? Great question. So I would say first thing I would focus on is incorporating all macronutrients. Um, so forgetting this idea that like in order for you to be successful, you have to cut out carbs or cut out, I don't know, protein or fat, whatever carbohydrates, protein, fat, they're all important. It's so much so that I actually encourage for your meals to try to have a carb, protein, fat, and then fruit or vegetable present at most meals. I don't like to say, use the words every, because it can get very, um, rule-like, and we're not really big on rules because rules are meant to be broken, and that's not fun. Uh, (laughs) So um, a a carb, a protein, a fat, and a fruit or veggie at each meal is probably going to help you feel more satisfied. Um, And, you know, it's important to try most of the time to have those carbs be more complex, high-fiber rich, Um, the protein sources to be on the leaner side or that don't carry a lot of fat because your fat, fat usually finds its way. And then we also, if it's not there, then we probably want to incorporate more of the heart-healthy fats. So things that are unsaturated fats that um, usually are things like nuts and seeds or avocado or olive oil, um, or maybe like a fun, like, dressing like or like a hummus or guacamole right so like there's ways it can get added that way 
Um, and then fruits or veggies, fruits and veggies, they are obviously really high in those micronutrients and micronutrients are good for preventing diseases, increasing your immune system. Um, you know, they're just, they help kind of fill the gaps, if you will, um, without you having to take a supplement. Um, so, um, carbs, protein, fat, and then fruit or, so carb, protein, fat, color, like color could be like your fruit or your veggie. Um, at each meal, it's really going to be balanced. Now, the, I don't really, we don't really love people like weighing and measuring and portioning things out too much. It depends on their goals, but in the beginning, you know, as they progress, that might be appropriate. But in the beginning, I think it's important to just like kind of take a visual look at your plate. Um, and for example, like sit, let's say dinner, um, a lot of, I, I know registered dietitians recommend this a lot. So it's not that something I created, um, but using the plate method at dinner, it's a really effective strategy. So now you have your carb, your protein, some fat and fruits, fruits or veggies, but at dinner, technically we probably would probably have our vegetables instead of our fruit. So half of our plate would be veggies, a quarter protein and a quarter starch. And that's a really great way for you to have food probably that you're usually preparing already eating, but maybe portioning it in a way without having to weigh and measure, um, and having it in a more balanced way. So that's usually where I start. And I think where people usually fall is they either are, you know, don't snack at all, or they're excessive snackers because they're not sitting down and having balanced meals. So what I usually encourage people to start with is, you know, try to have three balanced meals a day. Most people are probably having like, they think a banana is breakfast. Banana is not a breakfast. Banana is <laughs> a piece of fruit and it's great, but it's not a breakfast. Um, and then even so in between a piece of fruit as a snack can be, can be fine. Can be, can be just that. Um, but depending on when you're not having your next meal, you might want to have maybe some peanut butter with that, with that piece of fruit, or maybe some nuts or a cheese stick. Some like so basically pairing your uh, fruit or your your vegetable or your carb with a protein or a fat. It's usually going to probably help you stay a little bit fuller to really get through maybe a couple hours. So if you're going to eat within an hour, um, then a piece of fruit probably just a piece of fruit is completely fine. But if it's going to be like two hours before your next meal, you might want to pair that fruit or that vegetable with a uh, protein or, or fat because that's what's going to kind of help you um, not overeat at your next meal and keep you more satisfied. Because I think one of the bigger things that, you know, with our clients, they struggle with is either late night snacking, emotional eating, or binge eating. And it's usually from chronically under eating, whether that be during the day or during the week. And so it's like, you know, during the day, they're under eating and then overeating at night or during the week, like say Monday through Thursday or Friday, they're under eating and then overeating on the weekends. And it's usually because of lack of balance. Mm -hmm. I like how you said fat will usually find its way. That's a cool way to think about it because from what I've found, not for everybody, but typically you're thinking about the high fiber carb, the protein, the fruit or vegetable. You typically don't have to think that much about the fat because like you said, it usually most people are getting, I would say, enough fat in their diet. If they're not in if they're not in that like fear based where That's like true. at least yeah. if they're cooking with like excuse me if they're cooking with oils or, um, if they have, you know, the skin on the meat, let's say, or like, it, yeah, it, it usually finds its way, but it depends on, you know, the mindset too behind that person. Um, yeah. you know, so yeah, definitely, it definitely matters in that sense, but yeah, I find for the most part it's, it usually finds its way. Something else unique you talk about is an eating archetype. 
So can you mm-hmm. talk about what that is and then what the different archetypes are and how somebody would kind of know which one they are? Yeah. So I created a fun little quiz that you can go to and take on my website, tipswithtony.com. And it's an eating archetype quiz based on four Disney princesses. And the reason why I did it was because of my book, Once Upon a Diet. And I mentioned in my book, basically how I grew up idolizing all the Disney princesses. And, you know, I never once questioned until I got older that like every single Disney princess has the same hourglass figure. They just have a different hair color, basically. Yeah. <laughs> We're not even going to talk about skin color. Whole different hair color. And basically the whole concept is always about like them falling in love. So it's like, this is why as women, we have these ideas that looking a certain way um, and get, being in a relationship somehow equals like happiness and love and all the things. Um, so... Basically, the eating archetype quiz, it's not actually how they eat, but more so, I mean, when you take the quiz, it'll teach you how you eat based on their character traits. But what I did was I was just like paying attention to the characters. And so, for example, Cinderella, you know, she clearly is settling for circumstances like she's basically the whole house made. Right. And so she's just like settling for circumstances that she definitely doesn't deserve. And she spends most of her life, like, you know, staying hopeful and, you know, really living in like not ideal conditions. And so someone who might take the quiz and resonate with Cinderella is like, they might be doing that. They might be making like super crazy, like sacrifices, um, cutting, you know, maybe they're really chronically under eating or overtraining and like working super hard, but then just like holding on to hope. Like it's going to get better. It's going to get better, but like not everybody has a fairy godmother. Right. So, so that is basically, if you take the quiz and resonate with Cinderella, I give you tips on kind of how to utilize that character trait of hopefulness as a positive instead of a negative so that you can find balance in your eating habits. So we have Cinderella, we have Snow White, um, we have Jasmine, and then we have um, Ariel. Mm. And they all have like these different character traits. And so, you know, when you take the quiz, you might resonate with one over the other, and then you'll get tips on how to, like, like I said, use those character traits as for good per se, and not for, you know, keeping you stuck in the diet mindset. Yeah, absolutely. You brought up the term motivation and how, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of motivation is not a thing, whatever you kind of dismissed it. (laughs) What should somebody do? Cause I hear this word all the time. I'm sure you do too. I mean, it's spread around the nutrition, fitness, weight loss, spheres, mm-hmm. ad nauseum, just motivation, motivation. Uh, what should somebody do when they lose motivation on their nutrition or weight loss or health journey? Yeah. Um, my guess is they're probably burnt out, whether that be from the diet or the lifestyle or just life in general. So my suggestion would be to like forgive yourself that it's okay that you don't feel motivated right now. Um, replace any sort of criticism with compassion. Um, take a little bit of a break, but then also be honest with yourself because where, where people get really stuck is they're really stuck in this, that all or nothing mentality. And when we hit a place of burnout or when we don't have the motivation, we obviously go to like the nothing. And I think that the reason why we got to the nothing was because we tried to put in everything. And if you can just adopt, um, and this I heard about recently as one of my mentors, it's something I've always taught, but like they just put it in a way that made me be able to explain it better, which is like the 51% mindset. Mm. 
So if you can just adopt this idea that you don't have to be perfect, you don't have to try 100%. However, if you work on trying a little bit more than you don't every day, like, like, like pretending like you care a little bit more than you don't, and you put in 51%, 51% repeated over time every single day, you're going to get, you're going to make progress. So it's, it's really taking that moment and going back to like that question of asking people like, what did I learn from this? It's like, why are you here? Why are you not feeling motivated? Were you trying to go to the gym every day and it's just not realistic? Were you trying to have like perfect plates all the time and that's not realistic? Like what can you, what kind of effort can you put in at 51% where it's just a little bit, you know, maybe you go for a walk for 10 minutes. Um, Maybe you go to bed five minutes earlier than you usually do. Maybe you just drink a glass of water, even though every part of you wants to have another can of soda or, you know, whatever it is, like just do a little bit more than you usually don't um, or try a little bit more than you usually don't when you're stuck in that, like, screw it mindset. Um, and, and, And know that, like, you're going to get there, but it's going to take time. And even though you're feeling like nothing's working and you're tired of trying, my guess is you've been trying too hard and focusing on the wrong things. And so if you can take what we've taught you today so far from this podcast, we've been talking about let go of the number on the scale as your main form of measuring your progress. Really focus on how you want to feel um, and trust that those small changes built over time yield big results. Like all you really need to do is focus on being consistent. And the way to be consistent is by putting in 51% of your effort hmm. and you can do 51%. Yeah. A hundred percent, 80%, 90%. That's hard every day. Yeah. 51% though you can do Sometimes it'll be more, but my guess is, is as long as you don't fall behind below 51%, you're going to be making progress. Hmm. That's a great way to think about it. Cause you hear 80% a lot, but 80% can even feel like a lot. Well, that, and, and the, yeah, the 80, 20 rule is like super common about like 80% and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, yeah, sure. But it, at the end of the day, your mindset is what got you here. Your, your, your idea of depending on motivation as a way to keep going, that's a mindset issue. Mm-hmm. So I don't care practically if 80% of the time you're incorporating fruits and veggies and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. Like your mindset is what needs to shift and what needs to change. Without a balanced mindset, without a healthy mindset, you're going to continuously be in that frustrated position in that frustrated spot. Right. One question I love to ask guests is you've been practicing as a dietitian for years. Is there anything you've changed your mind about? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I teach now, I for so long was like, I used to think it was about motivation. I used to say things like, you don't like it's discipline, like just be focused on your discipline and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, because discipline doesn't even feel right either. It, you, you need to want this truly. You need to become this. It's not about doing anything. It's about being something. Mm-hmm. So if you are truly just a balanced eater or someone who appreciates and loves your body, regardless of what it looks like, you will then be someone who cares for it in a, in a balanced way. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I think, for, you know, for a long time, like I got caught up in this idea that I thought I needed to look a certain way because I lost people 
as I was like always in a curvier body and as a registered dietitian, it's like you think that people with abs are the ones that have more more knowledge and more education. And that's not true at all. What you look like, um, there's a, there's someone posted this recently and it was so great. It's like my body is not my business card. <laughs> and it's so true. And for so long, I thought my body was my business card. Um, and so I was fallen trapped into that. And so I I, um, I, you know, over the past three or four years, I would say my messaging has completely changed to just, it's like, it's, it's really not about what you look like. It's about what you feel like. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't always say that. I didn't always believe that, but I, I I truly believe it now. It's literally who I am. Mm -hmm. Like I'm no longer someone trying to tell you to do things, to look different. You might look different as a result of taking care of yourself better. Um, but just as someone who's been there and done that and gotten sick over it and had to literally stop exercising because I was told by doctors that if I didn't stop exercising, I would not be able to heal. Uh, like there's no way that I would even be here today to be able to spread that message. So mm. if I could get people to like help them to see, like, <laughs> don't go down that path. The extremes are not helpful for you. Right. They just make your body image issues worse. They just make your relationship with food worse. Like, yeah, that's why that's why I'm here today. And that's why I like to go on podcasts and share my message and talk about things like this. Yeah. Uh, one of the final questions I ask each of my guests is, in your opinion, what does it mean to make the health investment? Might be some of what you've already touched on. Yeah, I think it's I think it's the little things every day. I think a lot of people think an investment is like a big thing that you do. Um, but it's, it's the, the daily things, it's the daily acts of self-care and self-care could be reading a book. Self-care could be meditating. Self-care can be journaling. Self-care can be making yourself a balanced meal. could be choosing to hydrate. It could be saying no to someone who's pulling from your energy. Um, you know, self-care comes in many forms, but it's something that you can do every single day. And I think those, those small, you know, if you, every day, most people probably listening to this, write out like a to-do list, um, on your to-do list. I like to call it get to do instead of to do on your get to do list, make sure that every single day there's at least one thing for you. Mm, I like that. And, and that is an investment in your future self. And that's what a great way to think about it too, because you know, it's the groceries, the laundry, there are things that we get to do, but mm -hmm. if it's read for 30 minutes, how fun is that to look at your to-do list and keep, think of that as just as important as the laundry. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, also just so, you know, going on your concept of investment, like if you think about like a 401k, right. Or like a retirement fund or, you know, stocks, like they're little, you put a little bit in each time and it grows as day by day, right? So the, if your health investment are those little things that you're doing day by day, that one thing that you get to do for yourself every single day accumulates over time. And now here you are a healthier being. Awesome. Well, I have so enjoyed talking with you. Where can listeners follow and find you off air? Yeah. So I am on Instagram at tips underscore with underscore Tony with an I. I also have my podcast, the Tips with Tony podcast. Um, and you can go to my website if you're interested in courses or coaching, tipswithtony.com. Awesome. And then you also mentioned your book and your TED Talk. Oh, yes. Is that all on your uh, website? Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, well, my book is on my website, but it, uh, mainly from Amazon. So if you want to download the audio or an ebook or you want the paperback, I'll go to Amazon. It's called Once Upon a Diet. And my TEDx talk is on my um, it's on my website, but you could also just go into YouTube and just type in like tips with Tony. Uh, you can type in like Once Upon a Diet on awesome. TED Talks. And I'll link all of those in the show notes so they're easily clickable. But again, thank you so much for your time, Tony. I know listeners will have learned a lot from everything you had to say. And we're all looking forward to staying connected with you off air. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Well, that's all for today. Thanks again for joining me here on the Health Investment Podcast. I'm so grateful for each and every one of my listeners. On your way out, remember to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. Always consult a qualified health provider with any questions regarding a medical condition and before making changes to your diet, lifestyle, and or exercise programs. Do not disregard any professional medical advice you have received or postpone seeking such advice because of something you heard on this podcast.